Hey, this is Seth Scruggs, co-host of Rewatch. We're very excited to announce that we are going to be premiering a short film called Five Minutes. It was directed by me, and it was produced and written by Zachary Vaughn. We shot it back in December, and we're getting ready to release it on August 28th at 6 p.m. It will be premiering on YouTube as a live premiere. Uh, you can find all the information on Instagram at MarkSpotsTheX Productions. Following the premiere of the film, we are going to be hosting a live Q&A at 6.15 uh, where we're going to talk about the film and you can come out and ask us questions and we'll be excited to answer them. August 28th at 6pm with a Q&A following at 6.15, the premiere of 5 Minutes, a short film by Seth Scruggs and Zachary Vaughn. Hello and welcome to Rewatch. Uh, my name is Seth Scruggs and I am joined by my co-host, as always, Zachary Vaughn. Hello. And this is the show about movies we love and movies we haven't seen yet. Each week we talk about a movie that one of us has seen, but the other hasn't. And then we watch it and then we talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Zach, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. How, yeah. how are you doing? I'm good. Um, getting ready to go back to school in the middle of a global pandemic. So I guess, you know, we're just going with it. <laughs> I'm getting ready to not do that. Yeah. Yeah, you are. All right. You want to jump into the movie that we're talking about this week? Let's do it. Let's do it. This week we are talking about Vice. It is a 2018 film starring Christian Bale and Amy Adams and... It's about Vice President Dick Cheney uh, and kind of his meteoric rise to power and potential abuse of that power. And yeah, that, that's I feel like that's a pretty good, good description yeah. of it. Um, we're not before we get really into the film, we're not really either of us qualified to talk about politics. <laughs> I would say. I mean, I, I don't know how you feel, Zach. I mean, what makes someone qualified to talk about politics? <laughs> Nothing in the year 2020, I guess. <laughs> in um, which case, we're both very qualified. <laughs> but uh, all that to say, it's I don't feel like it's my place to diagnose Dick Cheney and talk about the veracity of this. Veracity? Is that the word? It I'm could be the word. It. it could be the word. Um, of this, yes, conformity to fact, conformity to facts, accuracy, the veracity. Uh, see, you learn something new every day with us mm -hmm. here on Rewatch. Um, it's not my job every to talk week, about unless we unless we meet mess a week. <laughs> it is not my job to talk about the veracity of this film. So I'm not going to. Um, so we're going to take this film at face value. We're not going to try to explain whether or not Dick Cheney was misunderstood, whether he was actually good, whether uh, this movie gets it right or wrong. That's not our place. That's not what we're going to do. Um, but we will talk about what we think of the movie. Now, I had seen this movie before, and I had a lot of thoughts on it the first time and the second time. 
But Zach, you hadn't seen this movie before. Correct. So tell me about it. Tell me about your experience watching the film. As I was watching it, um, or yes, at the at the end of watching it, a thought came to my head that was, this feels like a Sorkin movie. If it was like if it wasn't written by Sorkin, and therefore isn't as good. <laughs> like it, the the plot feels like a Sorkin plot, but without the Sorkin writing and the directors, mm-hmm. Sorkin generally works with their treatment of Sorkin's writing, for sure. Um, and that's really a a backhanded way of saying it has a boring plot, and the dialogue <laughs> doesn't make up for it. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can definitely Um, can definitely agree with that. Not that not that all Sorkin a lot. Most of Sorkin's stuff is really interesting and it also has really engaging dialogue. But the stuff that Sorkin writes that is lacking in plot is still very strong in dialogue. So it's harder to tell and you're still engaged and interested in the in the dialogue. Mm hmm. So all that to say, I wasn't super impressed. Um, It felt like a bunch of events that happened to a guy who's not a good person. And so I wasn't really cheering for him. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really bummed when things, things generally also worked out for him. Um, There were very few setbacks. Um. It definitely feels so Adam McKay who wrote and directed this film also directed the big short and both of those movies, at least to me, I don't know kind of how you feel. They feel almost like comedic exposés more than traditional films and stories. This film even more than the big short, but where it's like, we're going to tell you what, we're pretty sure the facts are and we're going to talk about it like it's true and kind of just relay this information sometimes even more so than we're just trying to tell a compelling story. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen the big short. um, So I can't really speak on that, but this one definitely felt like they were saying, well, this is what happened. So Mm -hmm. we're going to say what happened. And they actually, I did one of my, I was excited actually at the beginning uh, when the opening titles were talking about the, um, the uh, factual correctness <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. percentage basically of this movie mm-hmm. and basically say we're doing our best yep. with somebody who was very secretive. And so I like, I, I, I thought that was funny and that's honestly as a movie that it's billed as a comedy along with biographical and drama that was the funniest part of the movie <laughs> um that and the the um the credits scene um yes the, the post the way into the movie oh yeah yeah that yeah yeah i mean i mean there were other parts that i found very funny and engaging um but 
to me, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, but having seen the big short and I watched, I watched vice shortly after I watched the big short because I saw the big short and was excited to see what Adam McKay did next. Cause the, I think the big short is a really great film. Um, it's funny and it's engaging and it felt fresh. I know you said it's been a while, but would you say that that, that was kind of your experience with it as well? I think so. It was a very different movie from what I had generally seen. Um, for those of you who don't know, basically what the big short does is it takes these really broad concepts of like economic development and how the stock market works and all of these things and it boils it down and makes it engaging and there's lots of little like celebrity cameos where selena gomez explains something or margot robbie explains something and it's really really simplified and kind of dumbed down and then you have fourth wall breaking characters who are narrating the film and all of this back and forth where you have these everyone's kind of almost poking fun at the story that they're telling and it felt really fresh and invigorating because rather than just being like, here's a traditional drama about stock market people, which happens, it was this satire and almost farce about what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I was excited to see that kind of that same idea and mentality taken in applied device. But it didn't feel fresh to me because it felt like he just kind of did the same he did the same thing twice essentially Mm. um where in the first film and big short all of these ideas were new and we hadn't seen that before and now it's like oh dude is breaking the fourth wall all right he's explaining a really broad term a really complex term and really simple language so i can understand it little cameo here cool at all the way down to the fact that in both films there's like a mid uh that that credit scene that you mentioned like midway through the movie there's a credit scene that's like ha wouldn't it be great if we finished here but we don't Mm -hmm. let's keep going yeah so that frustrated me um coming to this um this movie felt a lot more disjointed the second time. What what did you what was kind of your experience with that? It I agree, uh, not on the specific second time part, but that it felt oh, disjointed. Yeah. Um it Yeah, it it felt like it was I think that's part of the expository feeling of it too. Um mm-hmm. in that it's just saying things that happened and because of that like they're picking from different points of his life, but it wasn't even like um, with uh, Steve Jobs was in a way mm-hmm. also expository, but it was picking from the same point at different times of his life instead of, oh, well, it's going to be here in this one and here in this one and here in this one and here in this one. There was a theme and a pattern for uh, Steve Jobs. This was, it's like, all right, what's another thing that he did? Cool, we'll talk about that. 
Yeah, and they tried to do something that I really enjoy in a lot of like historical dramas, biopic things, where they'll take an event from the beginning of someone's life or early on in their career, whatever time span we're covering, and put it next to a point later in their life or career, and then kind of intercut between the two of those kind of showing that there's a connection between the two, right? Like the garage scene and the um in Steve Jobs in the, yes. the garage scene and the other scene with Wozniak. About, uh, Wozniak, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly like that. And even more so when, you know, and there's some that thread that through the whole film where they'll jump back and forth and I like that because it does. I think that it shows a real understanding of like what is the story that we're trying to tell, and they they kind of did that with this film, but it felt very inconsistent throughout, and I think that led to it feeling kind of disjointed for me, mm-hmm. um, where it was like, oh, we're back in nineteen sixty three, oh, we're back in two thousand and one and and it was kind of back and forth and i I didn't care for that very much it Uh, almost felt like they salvaged a movie and they were like we can't do reshoots so let's do what we can with what we have and they have great performances (laughs) but they're missing stuff Mm -hmm. and needed something to tie it all together Mm -hmm. um Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, it just it it just doesn't it, it's disconnected in a lot of ways and it doesn't really serve the story in a lot of the ways that it's disconnected. And mm-hmm. I I'm really cool with like experimental stuff a lot of the time, you know, jumping around and you know, there are times that he'll uh, McKay will cut to a shot that is a metaphor for whatever they're talking about and i don't have a problem with that i don't have a problem with montage i it just there reaches a point where it feels more like watching montage than it does watching a film and it Mm -hmm. reaches a point where it almost feels like we're watching little sketches rather than watching a film and i i didn't i don't care for that yeah um I'm curious, um, what are your thoughts on Kurt? Kurt? Who is Kurt? The uh, heart transplant. Oh, okay. I'm split. So part of it is I just, I like Jesse Plemons kind of playing that guy. Um, And I find his character very engaging. I and I, I I get it and it was very interesting it, it was a good tool the first time for me watching it because I didn't know who he was and I was curious and I wanted to see and so I got to that way that kept me engaged through a lot of it which I think is the point of the character mm-hmm. um but at the same time he plays the same role that a lot of the celebrity cameos do in the big short 
And it reached a point where I was just thinking, man, Ryan Gosling's character did this better. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it. It just, I I didn't, yeah, I didn't hate it. I liked his performance. I liked the fact that that, I liked the connection that it was trying to draw between who he was and Dick Cheney's personality and character and kind of the irony of that. Mm-hmm. But... Um. Yeah. Overall, like as a story mechanism, I think it's interesting. It, yeah, it kind of is what it is for me. What What did you think of it? I thought it. I thought it was like while watching it, I thought it was neat. Like, oh, that's cool. This guy has been narrating, and he's the heart transplant, but also thinking about it, like where the heck did that come from like like factually how, like where, where no, you, like, like why is that why is he narrating mm-hmm. like i think this movie doesn't really know what story it's telling like yeah because it yeah. puts too much focus on different parts like, it puts a lot of focus on disjointed parts of Cheney's life. Like, there, there's way too much politics for it to be about his heart issues. And there's mm-hmm. way too many heart issues for it to be about his politics. <laughs> yeah, and so, I, like, I think that's probably what the character of Kurt was trying to do a little bit. Is because he, his life is so closely intertwined, especially with the last half of Cheney's life mm-hmm. of the war and all of those things that Kurt, Kurt and Cheney are connected in more ways than just the heart transplant. And, and I think that's where they're trying to go with that, right? And, and so I get that connection I get what he's trying to say there that I, what McKay is trying to say there is that here's this guy who caused wars to happen. And now this guy is giving his life twice for Dick Cheney, essentially, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's what it was trying to do. I agree though, that it doesn't feel like they know what story they're, it doesn't feel like they know what story they're trying to tell mm-hmm. in the sense that a lot of, a lot of Dick Cheney's legacy is still being written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it shows Obama getting elected and his daughter running for um, election. And those things happened within the last 10 years. Right. Like Dick Cheney is still someone in the like cultural consciousness and occasionally yeah. shows up and does interviews and that kind of thing. So there's an, there's another movie called W, which is also about the George Washington or wow, not George Washington <laughs> <laughs> about the George Bush presidency. Is that uh Josh Brolin? 
It is Josh Brolin. It's directed by Oliver Stone. And it faced some of the same difficulties in that that film was put into production before Bush left office. So you're trying to evaluate the legacy of a man who still hasn't even finished writing like his story at all. <laughs> and it feels a little bit like we're doing that with Dick Cheney and really we're just learning what was going on. You know, we're not even 20 years removed from 9-11. And so it feels weird to try to evaluate the legacy of this guy when we don't even really know everything that went down. And this is not to say that we shouldn't evaluate his legacy and not saying that we shouldn't evaluate his legacy in other ways, but it feels weird to make a film about the life of a guy who's still alive, still has some sort of influence. And, you know, I mean, yeah. It just, it feels weird it's, in a lot of ways. It yeah. feels incomplete. And because... Kind of... Yeah. Kind of like... Um, well, I think Social Network balances that well because it's not about Mark Zuckerberg. It's mm-hmm. about Mark Zuckerberg making Facebook and losing Facebook, then getting Facebook back. Yeah, so... It's a well, contained story well, that we're is on the... done. Since you made that connection of Sorkin biopics at the beginning, let's just oh wait, yeah, let's talk just about bring it. Sorkin all let's up just, in this. Yeah, um, seriously, if he wants to be on the podcast, um, we'd be glad to talk about whatever movie he wants to. Um, yeah. So with him, he'll he'll pick an instance, right? He'll say, "I'm going to write a movie about Steve Jobs' life," but. We're going to focus in, we're going to bring in all those elements, we're going to talk about all those themes, but we're going to do it on these specific days. And there's going to be a goal. So writing about, you know, if Vice were about Dick Cheney's response to 9-11, and then maybe there are flashbacks to him meeting Rumsfeld and him getting his first job and that kind of thing, then then, then you got a really great film because you mm-hmm. have a direct story. Yeah. But the fact that it's just, here's a story about Dick Cheney and kind of how much of a jerk he is. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to, it didn't work as well. Um, I think it meandered too much. Mm-hmm. And because of that, because it really didn't know what the pertinent information was, I think mm-hmm. is the biggest thing. It kind of left in all of these little things and all of the unbelievable facts rather than, okay, what's going to make an engaging story? And I think that's one thing that they could have done. They could have avoided by... Um, this is going to sound harsher than I mean it to be. By not... <laughs> Like, if they hadn't made the movie when they did. Yeah. Because they, they, they admit at the beginning that, that this is a movie about a very secretive man. All right. Mm-hmm. So, wait a few years. Wait however long you need until 
there is another there have been multiple books written about him or he's dead and you can investigate more thoroughly dig deeper without risking defamation and then do it mm-hmm. and wait for people to react and over maybe overturn some of the things he put in place or reinforce some of the things he put in place and see the actual consequences of those things so that you can see all right these are the things that had this effect so let's talk about these things these are the things that didn't really stick so let's not worry about these things yeah um and well, then you know what's important even if there aren't any books written on him yeah well and I think it's important to look at the context of when this movie was made. It was made in 2018, meaning it was probably written and kind of in that beginning process around 2016. And it, it feels like when you're, when you're watching the film, it feels like there is this intense need to speak to the 2016 election. Yes. And I mean, obviously, that's a, the 2016 election is a huge tw- turning point in American history, I think. I think it's something we're going to look back on as a big deal, and I don't mm-hmm. want to diminish that and the fact that you know maybe there was something to speak to in that. But the film feels like it is pressuring itself to draw these connections and to show how in some way Dick Cheney led to the creation of the 2016 election or that, you know, to say that, I mean, to expose like Republicans. I, I mean, I don't know exactly what the goal was, but there's several moments in the film that point directly to the 2016 election, both Mm -hmm. at Clinton and at Donald Trump and the Republican, more the Republican party as a whole, that there is an image of Donald Trump in the film. And again, we're not here to talk about the politics of either of those people and who should have won and who shouldn't, shouldn't have won and all of that. But it just it feels like there's a very intense need in this film to talk to that and to speak to that and i feel like it ultimately drags the film down mm-hmm. in a weird it... way the movie about a politician was too political yeah yeah because it it means it wasn't about him Mm-hmm. It was about politics. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I don't want to... Because there is that moment at the end. There, There is this moment at the end, and it feels almost like um, Christian bails into the character, right? So, first of all, Christian Bale does a fan- phenomenal job in this film. Everyone does a phenomenal job in this film. Um, if I we... didn't know it was Christian Bale and well, okay. If it was only um later in life Cheney, I would not have known it was Christian Bale. Oh yeah. If I didn't know it was Christian Bale. Probably would have thought it was Chevy Chase. 
because wow i hadn't thought about it but yeah <laughs> wow. anyway anyway that would have made it funnier too <laughs> so christian bale does a phenomenal job in this film but there's a moment at the end of the film that i think seems to be the way that he connected with the character right where he looks directly down the barrel of the camera and he says, no, I don't regret a single thing I did because ultimately I did it for the American people. And I did it because I believed it was the right thing to do. And I don't know if the filmmakers believe that or not. Um, I don't know if I believe that or not, but I think that, I think that should have been made more clear earlier in the film because that is a phenomenal way to create empathy for this otherwise unempathetic character. And see, Um, to me, I, I don't, that doesn't change my empathy towards him mm-hmm. because war crimes are war crimes. Oh yeah. Starting a war is starting a war. For sure. Uh, green lighting torture <laughs> is green lighting torture. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. He, this is a bit of an extreme, an extreme, extreme comparison, but like, Hitler was doing what he was doing <laughs> for Germany. Yeah. Not quite the same level. Yeah, 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 yeah. But same idea. But, like, they were doing it for their country. Mm-hmm. And I, so don't, that's not, I don't mean that to... That isn't enough to justify Yeah, well, I don't mean to justify it, right? Oh. I don't. I don't mean to say, oh, everything was okay because of this. Right. But the whole movie, you're trying to figure out his motives. Because you can't figure... Like, is he in this for himself? Why is he doing it? If we were told earlier on... Not told, but shown earlier on... That he was not doing this because he... He wasn't doing it because he felt like it was going to benefit him but rather that he wanted he genuinely wanted to serve and genuinely cared for people then it would have changed how we read the rest of the film it wouldn't necessarily justify it here's the thing though the like obstacle stated at the beginning Mm -hmm. is if he doesn't make something out of his life his yeah. girl is going to leave him. Yeah. So for the entire movie, his goal is to like be a powerful person mm-hmm. to impress his woman. It's yeah. not, it's like, it's, he may justify it tr- or like try to justify it and like hide his own understanding of why he's doing it by saying it's for the people. Mm-hmm. But it's to get power to be powerful because that's what his girl demanded of him. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm true. not 
I'm not putting all of the blame on her. I'm not trying to deflect and say like, oh, the woman led him astray. But like, mm-hmm. that's why he got into politics, according to the movie. That's why yeah. he got into politics. Yeah, that's true. Because she couldn't unless he did and like brought her in with him. Yeah. That's something I hadn't thought about. Yeah. That also didn't, doesn't help me. I generally disliked the character. Great acting, great (laughs) performance, great performances by everybody. I, it was hard for me to stay engaged because of a a number of things. Yeah. Well, and it's hard because I don't think you're supposed to like the character for obvious reasons. But, like, it's really hard to be engaged and want to continue watching a movie if you don't have any sort of connection to the character at all. Yeah, I had... um, I'm trying to think if there was any character I actually liked. Because, like, Chaney was a jerk. His wife's a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, all of his friends are jerks. Yeah. George uh George W. Bush is an idiot. <laughs> George H. W. I think I'm okay with H. W. See, I'm a I'm okay and this is speaking about in the film. I don't want to talk about politics. But in the film, I, I like I like George W. Also, yeah, I wanna clarify. If, in if, the movie, <laughs> George W. is painted as an idiot. That is not yes. a poli- that is not in mm-hmm. IRL uh yeah uh oh yeah commentary no i yeah in the film i liked i like george bush I, I yeah he's an idiot but but i liked him i liked colin powell i actually. i also i also I really like yeah I also really like Sam Rockwell, so that was probably colored a little bit um, by that. Um, yeah, Colin Powell was good. I like Tyler Perry in dramatic roles. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's just, he's a really great actor in a lot of ways. One of my favorite things is seeing comedic actors in serious roles. Mm-hmm. Um, because not that drama or comedy either are superior or inferior but like in a way it feels like they're playing with the big boys Mm -hmm. even though i would say it's harder to be a great comedic actor than it is to be a great dramatic actor well, that's actually a great segue to something that I wanted to talk about, um, because I think that in order to do good comedy, you have to understand. In order to do like really good, smart comedy, you have to be able to understand kind of what makes people tick a little bit, and how and how to get under the surface of things. And the best comedy writers are. In, in their comedy dismantling something right like they're they're pulling it apart and making you laugh at something even though you shouldn't be or because it feels wrong 
And I think mm-hmm. that's part of why the big short and vice to a certain extent felt so different and fresh. And Adam McKay, like this is the guy that made Anchorman and Step Brothers. Like for years he worked with Will Ferrell. And then he just shifted and decided that he was going to make Oscar nominated films. <laughs> and, and I think that there's so many people who are doing this, right? Like, Donald Glover is a great example of someone who went from writing 30 Rock and Community, both of which are really subversive shows to an extent, but ultimately also just really goofy, funny things, to writing something like Atlanta, which is funny in its own right and in its own way but it's also a very, very serious drama in a lot of others. And you have, you'll have episodes that deal with racism um, and laugh about it, but also don't dismiss it. Mm -hmm. You'll have other episodes that have nothing to like, that are just uh, Darius Mm -hmm. being Darius. Yeah. Um, And then you'll have episodes like Teddy Perkins. I was going to say Teddy Perkins. That was nominated for an Emmy yeah right that Um, sounds right if any episode was it was that one i'm pretty sure it was yeah and it's just it's it's basically a jordan peele yeah uh, (laughs) and and jordan peele is another example of this where there you have these comedy writers who are taking on these traditionally dramatic ideas and structures and applying those same comedy ideas where they're pulling apart everything and they're examining it and they're saying, look at how ridiculous this is or look at this world that you live in. And they're pulling it apart and pulling it apart and pulling it apart. And they're making us laugh but and making us profoundly uncomfortable at the same time and getting under our skin in a way that other things really can't. Um, mm. Like a traditional and drama I, can't. And I wonder if... I've been trying to think of comedic beats mm-hmm. compared with thriller, suspense, horror beats. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of, in a simple way, it is similar because there's um, setup, uh, there's, there's the setup. There's the um, misdirection, and then there's the punchline mm-hmm. for a joke. Yep. For horror, there's setup, misdirection, which is the jump scare. Mm-hmm. That's um, the raccoon that isn't actually the monster, um, and then you have the actual monster that's right behind them when you let down your guard because it was just a raccoon mm-hmm. so the beats are still similar from horror thriller suspense to comedy mm-hmm. well and to simplify it anymore it's just tension and release mm-hmm. it's building tension building tension and then releasing it and yeah i mean that's what a good comedy does it's what good suspense does mm-hmm. and, and i think and i think that's why these writers can shift 
in that way as well to something so different and build suspense and build tension mm-hmm. is you know there are a lot of things we've talked about with vice that we didn't care for as much but it's a very tense movie in a lot of ways yeah there, there's a lot of tension in the film i think probably a lot of its struggle is that there isn't as much release yes um in in the in good ways so yeah well, I think that'll bring us kind of to a close on our discussion of Vice. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this topic about the different uh, comedy people who are shifting into a more dramatic space. I think that that's something that we're going to continue to see, mm-hmm. um, especially as social commentary becomes more and more prevalent mm-hmm. and more, you know, increasingly darker in a lot of ways. I think that it'll, it, it's an interesting thing to follow and that we're living that, through. And there's a general feel um, that if you want to be taken seriously, you have to do drama. You can't mm-hmm. do comedy. Like even yeah. though comedy is a thousand times harder to write than drama. Yeah. And well, I, I feel think- like, I feel like that's changing to an extent with this interesting meld of the two with things Mm -hmm. like Atlanta and things like vice and things like get out where the, the writing is Atlanta a comedy. Well, it's 30 minutes. So we classify it as a comedy because heaven forbid a drama take place in half an hour. But it's so much more than just a sitcom and just a comedy. So I I think that we're seeing a lot of growth in that Mm -hmm. and seeing, you know, Jordan Peele being nominated for an Oscar vice being nominated for an Oscar. I think those are good steps. Yeah. And like you have other comedy shows that have very not funny very serious beats and like arcs and stuff. Like you've got uh, Bojack Horseman, mm-hmm. which deals with a has been dealing with his own self destruction, and that's an animated got, half hour. So it's, it's got to be a comedy. Yeah, you got uh, like you've got you've got Rick and Morty, which almost every episode deals with uh, Rick's crippling depression um and like attempts of suicide um and so like you've got a lot of serious themes coming into comedies because people people know that like life isn't just laughing Mm. so why are you just gonna make us laugh and I think that these comedy writers wanted to explore that, but weren't really given being given the option in a dramatic sense where, you know, it's, it's hard to make that shift, but you can, they're just, they're being honest and they're pulling apart. Good comedy pulls apart the world and looks at it. And I, and I think even this discussion could be extended to Bo Burnham and what he's doing where he's writing, even start, I think starting at Make Happy, his special, and extending to eighth grade, 
he's pulling apart the things that he's looking at and the things that he's experiencing and he's making them funny but there's so much more i always tell people make happy is so much more than a comedy special that's a call it a comedy yeah. special is to insult what it is mm-hmm. it's yeah it's a comedy special it's a theatrical experience yeah it's I mean, it's it's a it's a show. It's a work of art. It's a one man yeah. show. And and eighth grade is is that again? You know, it's it's taking these themes that people are dealing with and putting it in a box that people don't expect it to be in, and also injecting it with life that they don't expect it to be injected with. And I I think that's I think it's really interesting, kind of seeing what's happening with that now. And Vice is included in that. Mm-hmm. So, Zach, what did you rate this film, and do you think you'll be watching it again? I rated this film a three and a half out of five um, because it didn't keep me interested. It felt disjointed, and yeah, Um, and I probably won't unless somebody... I would not like I would watch this movie before other movies, but there aren't many other movies that mm-hmm. I would watch this movie before. There are a lot of movies in the world. There are. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it a three. I actually took it down half a star from my last time, mainly just because it was way more disjointed and disconnected than I remembered. Uh, but the performances are, are just phenomenal. Like I, Amy Adams, Christian Bale, they're they're both amazing in this film. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I love Sam Rockwell. I love it when he just shows up and does his thing, and I think he did that in this film as well. Um, so yeah, three stars, um, kind of average in a lot of ways. I could see myself watching this film again. Um, I find it weirdly engaging, in in a way. I think trying to figure out what makes it like what makes the film tick, if that makes sense, is interesting to me, especially mm-hmm. this film in particular. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Zach, do you have something that you want to recommend for us? Uh, my recommendation is Molly's game by uh, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Um, <laughs> Again, if, it. if, yeah. uh, we if he wanted to be on the show we would be more than happy to figure that out and have him on here just just throwing it out there but yeah molly's game written and directed by aaron sorkin um it's really good it's um about a former olympic skier who uh deals not deals i guess she deals in poker games uh (laughs) she starts running high stakes poker games yeah Cool. And that was his directorial debut, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. was his feature film directorial debut. Cool. Well, my recommendation is something that I can never remember if I've recommended on the show before, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's a podcast called You Must Remember This. It's about weird stories from the first century of Hollywood, and it's for a nerd who really loves movie history, it's a really, really good time. Um, you know, I, I just listened to the season they did on MGM, which I think is fascinating. 
Also, the Hollywood Blacklist. I'm listening through that season now. Uh, both of those periods are just really fascinating periods in Hollywood history. So, highly recommend that. Zach, do you want to tell us what we'll be watching next week? Next week, we will be watching Die Hard. Cool. The that was action... that was your choice. That was my choice. The oh. action classic that really set a new stage for action classics. Well, for action movies. <laughs> cool. Well, I am excited to do that. Zach, I'll talk to you then. All right. I'll see you. See you.